Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. A reading from Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each one of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? O wonderful, immortal God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us this day, that you would open our ears and we would hear you clearly, that you would transform our souls so that we would leave this place 
not just hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I was sitting in a church leadership conference back about 23 years ago when I heard these words. There is nothing like the local church when the local church is working well. There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working well. And as I heard those words, my ears perked up and my heart almost leapt out of my chest because at that moment in time, I knew those words were no truer than spoken before. Because there is nothing like the church, the local church when it's focused on what God is calling us to do, who God is calling us to be, and how we are in ministry to the world around us. And so those words have stuck and they've echoed in my head and in all aspects of my ministry for the last 23 years. And I think that's such a clarifying phrase for any church to hold as a set of watchwords. That there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working well. In our text that Emily just read this morning, we see the birthday of the church, that Pentecost moment when the apostles were gathered in Jerusalem for the festival. And while they were gathered there, the fulfillment of Jesus's prophecy came true. Remember, he told the disciples, he says, I'm going to leave you now, but don't worry. I will send the Holy Spirit, the advocate to you. Now, they trusted him, but I don't know that they realized what was about to happen. I don't think any of us could have imagined that. But they're there for the festival, and all of a sudden, like a mighty rushing wind, imagine that, a mighty rushing wind, more so than you would hear with a hurricane or a tornado or even a leaf blower, just poured out over the crowd. And then tongues of fire were above each of them. You know, imagine if there was this image of a fire burning above our heads today, how taken aback we would be. But then it's what happened next that is even more amazing. They're there in this rushing wind, these tongues of fire, and then they open their mouths and begin to speak in all the languages of the earth. All the languages of the people gathered in Jerusalem telling them of God's goodness and of God's grace. And so this is happening and it shows this power of the Holy Spirit, but even more so it shows that what happens with God, that God draws the people together God pulls us together and then galvanizes us in one spirit and then propels the church forward into the world. And so when we're gathered here in worship on this Pentecost, it happens the same again as it did so many years ago in Jerusalem. We're gathered together and God's spirit is poured out amongst us through hymns, through songs, through prayer, through the presence of each other and just God's gentle spirit pouring over us and propelling us forward with this idea that there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working well. You see, the local church is the greatest change agent that the world has ever seen. It is a hope that the world needs now more than ever because nothing can be accomplished that the local church can't do better. You think about it, in the 19th and 20th century when there was child labor was rampant across the world, it was the church that began to challenge the child labor laws. 
It was the church that said, this is not good and our children are not learning. And so the church stepped up and started Sunday school. Do you know that Sunday school was not just let's go and learn Bible studies, let's go and let's sing Bible songs. Sunday school started as the one day of the week that the children didn't work in the mines, that they didn't work in the factories. And so the church opened its doors and the church taught the children to read, to write, and to do math. And along the way, taught faith. The church was the one that started to look at the world and realize that somebody needed to be an advocate for the health and well-being of all citizens. And so the church has started orphanages and hospitals and mental health care. The churches were involved in this because the church said, we see a growing problem in the world around us and we want to be a part of the solution, not just say, tut, tut, that's awful. Someone should do something about it. The church was that change agent the church is an organization that's fought poverty and substance abuse. They looked out across the developing world and said, you know, health happens with clean water and we want to be a part of that solution. And so it's no wonder that the church has been involved in that. But that's our history, but it's still also our present because we are the change agent that the world needs today. We have a vast network and we have influence and so we understand how to tackle hunger and poverty. We've got the resources to reach out and to teach people. We've got the resources to help farmers figure out how to get their food from the field into the table, into communities where people are hungry. We know the value of education, don't we? And yet we may be the one folks that real, we may be the one organization that realizes that we can help our teachers and educators help those students that are at risk by providing tutoring opportunities so that they can learn and get ahead in life. And if you read the studies that come out of the mayor's office or out of the newspaper uh, about the crippling, uh, the crippling effect of poverty where people have no hope, the church is that one organization that can change that narrative. Rather than to use that old, that old proverbial statement, rather than giving a man a fish, the church is an organization that can teach people to fish so they don't eat just for the day, but that they can eat and survive for a lifetime. Imagine with me, if you will, what would it look like if our church said, we want to be a part of the solution of poverty in our community. And so we used our expertise and our compassion, our resources, and we provided a place to help people learn how to get ahead, how to navigate life so they can make a real change and break the bonds of poverty. See, that's what the church can do when the church has learned how to work well. That's the power of the local church. So what does it look like when we are working well, when we're firing on all of our cylinders, when we're doing what God calls us to do? You know, we learned this in Sunday school, when that old story, remember, here's the church, here's the steeple, you open the doors. And they're all the people, right? We see when we learn that here's a church, here's a steeple, open the doors and see all the people. See, the people is really where the church is. It's not just the building. It's what happens in here. It's you and me and our neighbors and the pews with us. When we're focused on the mission and the vision of the church, we can make great change. We can be the church working well in our community. When our people are focused on prayer, I mean, we know this. We believe it's in our hearts, right? That prayer changes lives. But prayer does more than that. Prayer calls down the power of the Holy Spirit and says, Lord, have mercy upon us. Why is the immortal one come and be in our midst and show us the way? 
show us how to lead, how to make a difference in the world. That's what happens when we pray. But imagine what happens that when we pray and then we show up and we are engaged and we are present. There's this wonderful study out there talking about the wisdom of crowds. One person can look at a situation, a problem and say, I think I have the solution. But when they bring a partner or two or three people in there and they share their data together, the wisdom of crowd says what is a good solution becomes better. Imagine what would happen if you and I showed up and we said, we're here to help. How can you use my expertise? How can you use my wisdom? How can my opinion help us make the best decision? Because when we use that, when we show up and we're engaged and we use our energy and our collectiveness, we overwhelm any problem that we are faced with. And it's like water busting through a dam. We pour out all over that problem and we cover it with our love, our energy, and our compassion. The power of the local church Here's what it looks like when we're working right. When we give out of sheer joy, when the collection plate passes, and we don't just put in the value of an admission ticket, if you will, but we give out of the generosity of our heart, out of the thankfulness for what God has given to us. Imagine the changes that we can make in the world when our collection swells so that we can share those blessings with the world. I don't know if you know this, but about 5% of our budget goes to support mission efforts in our community and around the world. 5%. But see, I have this dream, I have this crazy idea that what would it look like if our budget grew such that we could give 10% away? What would it look like if 10% of our ministry budget was focused on reaching out and helping our mission partners in Winston-Salem and around the world? Think about the change that we could have. Think about the impact. No longer will we be a mile wide and an inch deep, but we would be a mile deep and a mile wide because we gave generously to our church so that our church could give generously to solve the problems of the world and help those. What a wonderful statement that would make, that our church would tithe our budget to help those less fortunate. That's the church working well. The church working well looks like where people gather together to serve to change lives, where we gather in this place to be equipped to plan and to do the ministries that will make the real difference in the world around us. When we say, count me in, I want to make these things possible. I have this set of expertise and I want you, church, to use it. Let me give this gift to you so that we can change the world. You see, when that happens, there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working well to make changes. And then when we do that, when we do that, when we are working well, when we're firing on all cylinders and we are giving ourselves in prayer and presence in giving and in expertise and service, when we're doing that, we're focused on our mission to pray together, to work together, to give together, we're focused on our mission to follow Jesus, to make disciples, to transform the world, then the possibilities of what are out there for us to accomplish are endless. You see, the Holy Spirit, when he poured, when it was poured out upon the apostles, remember what happened? All of a sudden, they could speak all the languages in the world when maybe they, just commercial fishermen and tax collectors, had only been able to speak one language. Now everything was possible. 
Imagine what happens when you and I, we open our hearts up to God's Holy Spirit and say, Lord, use me, pour your spirit out upon me, do amazing things through me and through our church. The possibilities are endless. Earlier this week, some of the staff gathered together to begin dreaming about possible ministries, ways that we could use the new buildings that were renovated, these new transformed spaces, what we could do with it. One of the things that we talked about, would it be wonderful if our church was a place for families with special needs? Where we had Sunday school classes specifically designed for children with special needs so that they could learn about God and learn that this is a place that the Lord loves them and that they are loved just for who they are. A place for fellowship, a place where their parents could receive support as they face the challenges and the directions in our lives. Or maybe even just a place where on a Friday night, every so often, we would open the door so that those families could come and children could have fellowship so that mom and dad could have a date night. But in the end, everyone wins, right? What a wonderful opportunity that would be if we would just think about our facilities like that. That would be life-giving to these families. We also talked about tutoring partnerships, how we might gather together with schools and programs in our community to help at-risk students so that they could fill in the gaps when they're not getting support at home to understand math and English and science. I mean, that becomes a hope-giving gift that we offer to the world simply because we said this is possible through our church. We talked about a partnership with UMAR, an agency for adults with developmental disabilities and how they have an art program that happens in big cities and yet there's not one in this area. What if we open our facility up so that we offered an art program to the UMAR residents right here in Winston-Salem? That's joy giving, my friends. That's allowing people to use the creativity that God has given them in untold ways and then we got dreaming a little bit. Because of our live stream service, there are folks that tune in to us all around the country and all around the world. And we are so glad that you are tuning in and worshiping with us on Sunday mornings. But we got dreaming about this a little bit more and said, they're over here and they're over there and they're over there. What if we figured out a way to connect them together through faith formation or for our members that travel, that they could dial in and do sort of a live stream, if you will, faith formation or small group. I mean, that is faith formation, yes, but that's community building. That's community giving. See, those are the possibilities that are endless when the local church is focused, when the local church is harnessing the power of the Holy Spirit and working well. So I think about this Pentecost Sunday. I think that it's no accident, no coincidence at all that you and I are assembled here together as a congregation as a people that we are in this place, in this time in history, that we're in this place right here at the crossroads of Winston-Salem and Forsyth County, and thanks to live stream, even the world. I think God is calling us to do great things, to follow Jesus, to make disciples, to change the world. And I believe that in the depth of my heart, because there is nothing like the local church when we're working well. See, I think the future has endless possibilities if we will listen and seek the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's not a challenge that we cannot face if we're focused on what God is calling you and I and in us to do together as a church. And I believe that there's not a dream that we cannot fulfill if we commit ourselves to following where God leads us. 
if we will pour ourselves out, heart, mind, and soul, blood, sweat, and tears into that direction where God calls us to be. When we open our ears and our eyes and we see the Holy Spirit working in our midst, when we do that and we pray and we give and we serve and we're present and we're engaged. When we're engaged with what God calls us to do, at that moment in time, the possibilities are endless. We cannot fail at what we're challenged with and there's not a dream that we can't fulfill because there really is nothing. There really is nothing like the local church when the local church is working well and focused on what God is calling us to do in this time, in this place, with the gifts that God has given us. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.